This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own Now time. you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. We unpack all the jargon, the confusing bits, hear your investing stories, and uh, have a good time along the way. As always, I am joined by my equity mate, Ren. By the way, my name is Bryce. I forgot to say that. <laughs> uh, look, I think Bryce is a little bit nervous uh, for this episode because for the last, what, two years, you've been saying you want to be a financial influencer. That's how you introduce yourself. That's how you want to be known. Uh, I think we are financial influencers. (laughs) And for today in the studio with us, we have a real financial influencer. So... Uh, I feel like you're a bit nervous and that's why you screwed up the intro. Yeah, well, look, we'll take it. But uh, yes, part of uh, the Get Started Investing podcast is to get uh, community members and uh, others that are on their money journey to join us in the studio. So it is our pleasure to welcome Natasha Etchman to the studio. How Thank are you, Tash? Thank you so much. Good. What a cool intro, an actual financial influencer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't know if that's what you call yourself, but uh, I think I think that's a fair... Uh, Fair summary? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. Like everyone else calls me that, but I still don't feel like it, but we'll go with it. Okay, okay. So, uh, Tash, you are otherwise known as Tash Invests on Instagram, TikTok, Mm -hmm. anything else? Yeah, I've got a website, YouTube coming soon, but yeah, just TikTok and Instagram for now. Nice, Mm. nice. So, we've been uh, following what you've been doing for a while um, and uh, you're also part of the Equity Mates community. And as I said, we wanted to get you on to unpack your finance and money journey and um, how you're approaching everything to do with that at the moment. And then also we've got some questions for your community about uh, equity mates that we'll ch- touch on as well. Yeah, sounds awesome. Nice. So we, we've been starting these interviews with a bit of a true or false game uh, just to bust some myths about investing. Uh, so are you up for playing? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Tash, uh, true or false, your very first investment has been your most successful? Actually true. My first investment was really good. I bought um, an S&P 500 index when I was 18 and that's done really well. So, Jeez. yeah. Nice. <laughs> must, must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> we, in our expert interviews, we often ask people's first investments and uh, there's a lot of bad stories, uh, not so many good ones. So, I think you're doing better than a lot of the experts yeah. after your first investment. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So, it was really, really lucky. But yeah. And how old are you now? 23. Nice. Uh, true or false, you had a strategy in place before you started investing. False. Definitely false. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I'd bought, I've bought so many ETFs. Like my portfolio was a bit of a mess, but we're, we're fixing it now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
Uh, true or false, you've stayed with the same broker since day one. False. I've got a brokerage account with literally every broker under the sun. So, yeah. <laughs> There's like 30 brokers in Australia. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why my Instagram did well because I was reviewing all the brokers being like, this is what I think and these are the pros and cons. So I've got like actual knowledge of it. But yeah, I've got one now. I think I've settled. You've consolidated. Yeah. yeah. No, not quite. <laughs> are you willing, after that deep dive on all of them, are you willing to say uh, which was your favourite? I'm using Perla at the moment and they're my favourite. Um, I used, I've yeah, Comsec was good for a little while, especially when they brought out Comsec Pocket. I found that really fun. Um, but I'm using and loving Perla at the moment because they're more geared towards long-term investors, which is what I am. Um, and they've got like a really fun community too. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. Uh, and to close it out, uh, true or false, is investing as hard as you thought before you started? False. It's so much easier. I imagined it being really hard, but no, once you understand the basics, it's easy. Buy and hold forever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nice. it. Conversation over. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tash, uh, we uh, started this conversation by uh, labeling you a financial influencer, um, but uh, maybe let's uh, take a step back. Can you tell us uh, sort of who you are and how you came to start uh, Tash Invest? Yeah, so I'm 23 and live in Perth and I work as a support worker and I'm studying occupational therapy, um, so completely unfinance related. I've always been really good with money, I guess, and my friends have always asked me questions about it and I saw heaps of people in the US creating finance accounts and I was like, oh, there's not really like people in Australia doing this. So I decided just to give it a go and then it did really well. Um, it turns out people find my money pretty interesting, which I never never thought would happen. Um, yeah, but it's been really cool. And so what's the premise of Tash Invest? You say people find your money interesting. How are they finding your money interesting? Are you putting it up online? What's, yeah. what's the tactic? So I pretty much share. I'm super open. I share what I earn, um, how I save, what I invest in, what my money goals are. And I think because money's still really taboo these days, people don't really talk about it that openly. So I openly like do net worth updates, share how much I'm investing, share what I'm spending. Um, yeah, people loved when I shared what I earned as well. So yeah, just opening the conversation around money. Nice. Nice, nice. Uh Bryce can't do that because his spending habits are a little bit uh, taboo. Uh, a lot of gambling and a few months where I've missed it and I've been like, oh, no, I haven't tracked it this month. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> no graph today. So you said uh, you bought your first ETF when you were 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess how what was your journey to that point? Like was investing something you always wanted to start or did you just do it on a whim or... Um, My parents have always been property investors. Um, So my goal initially was to buy a house, um, but I had to save for a deposit, obviously. Um, So I like dad just told me to buy it. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll buy it. And then I started Googling (laughs) stuff and like it turns out it worked really well. Um, But I've always been interested in like money and like building wealth, especially because I kind of had, I've had two sides to my family, like one that was really wealthy and one that was not so wealthy. And I kind of identified like where I wanted to be in life. But yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned investing goals and we've spoken about this in part of our Get Started Investing sort of 12-part series, but uh, everyone has different investing goals. Some people it's to save for a house, others it's to build long-term wealth. What are your investing goals and how are you working towards them? 
Yeah, I kind of just want financial freedom in general. Um, I want to, my goal at the moment is to build a million dollar share portfolio. Um, but my reasoning behind that is because I love the freedom and choice that comes with having money and I change my mind all the time. So I want to have the freedom to jump between jobs and to travel and to do whatever I want really. Um, so that's my goal at the moment. Heaps of people criticize it and they're like, oh, a million dollars isn't enough, but we'll work towards a million and then reassess when I yeah. get there. <laughs> uh, if it's not enough, it's definitely a good start. Yeah. I have so many people being like, you can't live off that. And it's like, but do you set one goal and then never reassess mm. your goals ever again? Do you classify superannuation in that million? No, no. I want to like... My current projection is I want to have it when I'm like 35. So, yeah, super's a lot further off from that. Jay's 35. Are you following a FIRE strategy? I guess so, but I don't really like like the super frugal aspect of FIRE and like the retire early bit of FIRE. Like I really love working and I love my job. I just want the freedom to change jobs and for work to be fun and like something that adds value to my life instead of something you need to survive because that seems really stressful. Um, so, like I kind of want the financial independence bit for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice. I love that. That that definitely resonates with me. Yeah, I don't think I would ever stop working and sit on a beach. The funny thing is, yeah. Ren does li- live a frugal life because he only has one shirt and <laughs> one, one, one pair of shorts. But I'm not sure where his money is. Oh, no. <laughs> it's in stocks. <laughs> so, um, you first invested when you were 18. How long after that did you start uh, Tash Invest? And uh, what's the well, I guess what's the journey been? Uh, you know, building that that community. Yeah. So when my first investment, I had no idea what I was doing. So I just bought it and then I left it sitting there being like, oh, I'll see what happens and if I lose all my money. And then I saved and bought my apartment last year. Yeah. The start of last year, like during COVID. Um, and then I started Tash Invest a few months after that. So it was like six, seven months ago now. Um, yeah. But it's been like insane since I started it. It's been a crazy journey. Mm, you made the newspaper, right? Yeah. The West Australian. <laughs> How crazy for being in TikTok. It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. insane. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. So I guess uh, in terms of the community you've built, um, what are some of the key, I guess, like uh, money challenges and invest and you know barriers to investing that you that you hear over and over again? The question I always get is like, where do I start? And like basic stuff as well, like what is investing? What is an ETF? What is index funds? Like what is compound interest? And I feel like there's so much information out there. People don't know exactly where to start. And there's so many like conflicting like theories and ways to invest as well as people like, oh, some people are buying index funds and other people are buying Tesla. Like what do I do? Um, So yeah, just over and over again, where do I start? Hmm. And how do you answer that question? Oh, all these podcasts. <laughs> I'm sure you see me tag you all the time. I'm always like, ask which resources. And I'm always like, oh, Equity Mates is amazing. And like, my millennial money was amazing as well. But people just ask again. And it's like, no, no, go listen to the whole podcast and then come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, before we jump into some questions from your community that I think would be good if we sort of both try and answer, yeah, we will um, take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So, Tash, you have reached out to your community to ask questions for this interview, both for uh, for us and I think they're going to be a good conversation for us to have with you. Um, and then you've also got some questions from your side as well. So, do you want to kick off um, 
kick off the questions? Yeah. So the first one was, what are some of your more risky investments? Well, I mean, I know your riskiest one. Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we both own Bitcoin, um, but I, I, I own it as a, like, what if I'm wrong? There's a lot of smart people that believe in it. So it's a very small percentage of my portfolio. Um, in terms of other risky stocks, I've cleared out most of, like, I think everyone has a like a specky phase in their life where they try and invest in, you know, tiny caps, a tiny like micro cap stocks that they think are going to do incredibly well. I think I've uh, I've grown up a bit and I've moved on from that phase and so I, I've cleared most of them out now. So um, probably crypto is the main one. There's some emerging market stuff, but yeah, probably crypto. Yeah. Something I would like to get more involved in somehow is the pre-IPO stuff. Um, get some money in before they go boom on the stock market. But um, getting access to that is pretty tricky. Mm. So it's Bitcoin for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about yourself? Oh, I bought um, an inverse leverage ETF like back during COVID and I managed to buy it at the bottom of COVID. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, so I lost like, I put like eight grand in because I was being a bit, oh uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm a great investor. I've made heaps of money. So I threw eight grand in and lost like 6K pretty quickly. But that's fine. I'm yet to buy Bitcoin Was though. that the... B bus, yeah, BBOZ, yeah, B bus, yeah, yeah. B bus, yeah, yeah. 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 Don't buy that. I still hold some of it because it's like I've lost so much. Like it can just hedge my portfolio for now, I guess. But yeah, I mean that's a learning to have, to be honest. Like yeah. um, people in our community, when we hit COVID, tried to time the market mm. with a lot of these inverse ETFs, and for me. You've got to you've got to be in the position before the market goes bust. Otherwise, you're literally just trying to time the bottom of the market, and it can turn. We saw what happened; it turned so quickly. Um, so good learning to have, I think. Mm. Yeah, definitely. When I didn't have as much money, like I could imagine, if like COVID happened in a few more years, and I had a lot more money to play with, that could have been very tragic. But yeah, no, yeah. it's good. Yeah, nice. Uh, do you have another question? Yes. Um, what are the pros and cons of stock buybacks? Are they good for companies? Jeez, this uh, this opens a real can of worms. Let's keep it might, very basic. I might let you answer this first. Oh no, I want to hear your answer now. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's keep it simple. So the um, stock buybacks are, in theory, a good way to return money to shareholders. They're more tax efficient than paying dividends. Um, in Australia, we have franking credits, which make dividends more tax efficient. So, for people who are unfamiliar, the company gets taxed when they make a profit. In Australia, and then we get taxed when we get paid that profit by the company through dividends. Australia reimburses us for that, but most other places in the world don't. So that's why, like a lot of US companies, do stock buybacks because when they're buying their own stocks, it's more tax efficient for their investors. So that's the theory. There's a whole bunch of companies in America, um, like Boeing, Caterpillar, stuff like that, who were just taking out heaps of debt to fund buybacks. That's where it gets a little bit. Uh, controversial and it's like you're changing your capital structure and it may not make so much sense but let's not get into that i think yeah, yeah. so in theory they're good in theory yeah. yeah but there's a lot of them these days uh, sorry you've started me now no, <laughs> no, i'll leave it there no, the, no. the other <laughs> thing is but they're not universally good or universally bad if a stock is undervalued and the company's buying it back that's a great use of the company's money um if a stock is overvalued and a company's buying back shares that's not a good use of the money that you have a claim to as an investor. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Done. <laughs> we'll keep it there. <laughs> 
Um, I had one about how equity mates is now valued at a million dollars. I saw like an AFR article that came out. Um, congrats. Did you ever think it would grow to where it is today? It was a very generous headline. Um, <laughs> a bit so, clickbaity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very generous headline. I mean, on paper, yes, that is um, that is what it is valued at. But look, short answer is no, we never thought it, it would be where we are. We would be where we are today. We, Alec and I started this, you know, similar to you, you were just interested in what you were doing with your money um, and recognised that there was not enough sort of resource in Australia and likewise we we were very interested in in investing in our own journey but didn't uh, have any or find any good podcasts in Australia that were focused on the Australian market. So we were a bit selfish and just started it as a way to talk to fund managers and CEOs. That's so good though. Yeah, mm. Use it as an excuse. Told them we had a massive podcast when we had like <laughs> three listeners. <Yeah. laughs> and yep. it's just grown, yeah. It's just one of those things that we love doing and if we were doing podcast or not, we'd still be talking about it. So I think that hopefully comes across in the content and has allowed us to plug away for four years without earning a cent. And luckily now we've started earning some sense. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, and when we say back in the day, we mean like 2016, 2017, like the business of podcasting wasn't really there. Like there were people with huge audiences like Hamish Nandy in Australia, Joe Rogan overseas. Um, and there was some advertising on those guys, but it wasn't it wasn't really built out. And we just got lucky with the timing. In the, in the four or five years we've been doing it, Apple, Spotify, everyone's moving into the space. All the radio guys are seeing digital audio come, so they're trying to move into the space and advertisers are moving in. So, you know, it was it was a lot of luck in terms of timing. And I think, you know, that's pretty similar to, you know, you were very early on TikTok and, um, you know, you built a big audience on Instagram and it's like, you know, there's plenty of people out there trying to do what we're all doing and it's you got to get the timing right. Um, this one is... From you, but I think we should answer this together as well. And it's um, around the idea of imposter syndrome because we actually got answer, uh, asked this yeah, quite we, recently. Yeah, we did a startup <laughs> webinar. Was it last week? Yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. And someone asked us that as well. So, and we've never really been asked it before. Yeah. I, I yeah. find it really interesting because I feel like I feel it sometimes when all these cool people want to talk to me and I'm like, who am I to be on podcasts like this? Um, so, yeah, I'd love to know how you guys feel about it. I, I got a couple of answers to this. The first one is that I'm incredibly aware that a large percentage of the Equimates uh, audience is smarter than me. I won't speak for you, but um, <laughs> and, and knows more than me. And so I'm very aware of that. Um, and so I guess there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. But, you know, our first tagline when we started Equimates was like, made for everybody by nobodies. And like the whole journey, like we never try and hold ourselves out as experts. We just want to be the conduit to the world of finance and like give the community access to everyone. And so I think if we were holding ourselves out as experts and saying like, this is what you should buy, you know, this is what the market's going to do. There would be a lot more imposter syndrome than what we're trying to do, which is we are who we are. We've managed to build a community and we want to use that to give you guys access. Yeah. 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 It's something that I, I just don't think about. I think. Um, so good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I just, um, at the end of the day, it's Ren and I sitting in this room and I don't feel like there's, you know, 400,000 other people out there kind of listening along or when we're speaking with experts, I'm genuinely asking, I'm not trying to be smarter than them or tell them I know more about them and those yeah, sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm genuinely yeah. just asking questions from them. So 
I think that Qu- kind of questions that we would ask if we were having a beer with them or if we were interviewing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you often think about it? I think maybe because on social media the feedback is so instant when you post something True. versus like this, you're not hearing it straight away. But like when I post something and then people comment straight away, I'm like, oh, like who am I to be talking about this? But I think it's in the same way I've kind of framed it. Like this is my money journey and this is what yeah. I'm doing. Um, feel free to do whatever you want. Mm. But I feel it's hard when you post something and people critique the shit or people critique, critique it yeah, and you're yeah. just like, oh, like I didn't want that. I didn't want that criticism. Like I'm not ready for that criticism yet. Especially because people are like, oh, what do you invest in? And then I share and then people give me all this feedback about it. And it's like, no, that's the best for me. I don't want to like go into a discussion yeah, about it right yeah, now, yeah. but you kind of can't ignore it on social media either. Yeah, we we get. I, I try and not look at the social media comments outside of our discussion group, um, just because it's like no one needs the yeah to be criticised all the time, all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, but you know we get it. Like uh, people were ripping on us on Twitter recently uh, when we announced the Osbys show, um, saying we didn't know anything, and it's like yeah. We we don't know we don't know one everything. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but I still remember the very first piece of hate mail we ever got was this handwritten letter. Handwritten. And, yeah. Wow, yeah. The <laughs> and Bryce took the time to reply to it and uh, turned uh, this person into a fan. Yeah, so good. maybe there's an argument that we should be more engaging with the people that don't like us more. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> yours is a bit different because it's a podcast. Your whole business isn't social media. Like if I just stopped replying to comments, that'd be interesting. Like thanks for engaging, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah not yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tash, you mentioned there you are pretty public with sharing your money, um, not in terms of dollar amounts or, wh- or whatever, but I think our community would be interested in understanding what your portfolio consists of um, and maybe if you classify portfolios, not just stocks, um, if there are other investments that you've made, do you mind sharing what your portfolio is made up made up of yeah definitely it's mostly just etfs um like the main like the majority of it is vdhg now because that's easy um i don't want to do the research into like individual stocks or <laughs> and anything. for those that are unaware of what vdhg is um vanguard high diversified growth fund high growth diversified yeah something like that but yeah it invests in seven vanguard funds in the one etf which i think is amazing and like it automatically rebalances it for you um so the mate like the majority of my portfolio is in that i've got a few other like fun tech etfs and different things as well um, I also own an apartment that I'm going to rent out soon. So I guess that'll be part of my investment portfolio too. Um, yeah, but all just ETFs. And what are you going to rent because you want the income or are you going to move? I'm going to move. I, I always bought it with like the intent of renting it out, but I had to live in it for first home buyers. Yeah. Um, I'm going away for uni. So there's no point in me like having oh, it yeah. sit empty. Plus like it got rental valued like really high. Um, I bought it for like 295K and I can rent it for 400, which is so good. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. wow, wow, wow. That's great. Yeah. And how do you know how much to invest each month and, and, you know, intentions to sell? Do you have any, what's your sort of monthly process when it comes to investing? I've kind of worked out using the compound interest calculator and like a really conservative rate of return, how much I need to reach my million dollars in 35 years. So I try and stick to that, but literally like anything left over, I just invest it. Um, and then for plans of selling, like, I don't think I want to sell for forever until I've like reached that financial independence goal and I really need it. But if I build a bit big enough portfolio, I can always just live off the dividends too. So no plans to sell anytime soon. What's the, what's the number if you wouldn't mind telling us to get the million by the time you're 35? Oh, I'm investing a thousand dollars a fortnight at the moment. Um, okay. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But like people are always like, wow, that's so much, but I earn like 71 K at my normal job. Um, and then my apartment mortgage is so cheap as well. It's like $230 a week. Um, so investing $500 a week isn't that unreasonable either. I think people just see the number and get really scared off straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you are very public with your your numbers. Yeah, yeah well, no good. one really was talking about it when I was looking it up. And, like, everyone's so secretive about it. But, like, what really – I don't know. I don't see, like, the negative in sharing it. So Yeah. 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 And comparing yourself to other people's financial situations, I think, is one of the worst things that you can do. Yeah, so, especially yeah. when people don't give you the context. Because I feel like people see uni student and they're like, oh, you must be earning nothing. But it's like, oh, I'm at uni, but I also work full time. So you need that context in there as well. And I work as a support worker, but I get paid quite well as a support worker as well. So the context is super important. Yeah, absolutely. So you seem to have it all sorted out, but are you... <laughs> are you, are you- are you facing any, like we all face barriers and challenges in our investing and money journey. What are you kind of coming up against at the moment? Do you think that you're trying to work through at the moment? Yeah, I feel like my money is going really well at the moment. I think like in general, like challenges I'm facing is like what I want to do with uni. Um, Cause after starting this Instagram, I think things have kind of changed and like more doors have opened. And it's like, do I even want to be an OT anymore? Do I want to like go and work in marketing instead? Um, but in terms of money, like I've kind of automated it. It's kind of comes naturally now. It's quite easy. Don't people get offended at that, but like it is, yeah. yeah. So on that, um, I think mo- motivation is easy and discipline is hard. And you know, what I mean by that is like, it's easy for people to have a moment where they're like, you know, I'm going to get my money sorted or I'm going to get fit or I'm going to, you know, whatever. Bryce is going to stop gambling. Um, <laughs> and, um, but then like building the discipline over a long period of time is, is the difficult thing. So what are some of the best, I guess, tips or tricks you've picked up to, I guess, build that financial discipline to be able to invest $1,000 a fortnight and to automate it? Yeah, I think automating it is like the key because as soon as you have to actively make a decision, like it's really hard, but I've I've automated everything. So I automatically invest $1,000 a fortnight. Like that's kind of why Perla is really good because you can set up the auto invest, um, which is really fun. But I think because like money's been, like I've always actively thought about money my whole life. So all of this kind of comes naturally as well. And I have big goals and I'm a very, like it's probably bad as well, but I always think about what's happening in the future and I always have future plans. So I myself find it easy to plan for the future because my whole mindset is about future. Um, I should probably live in the moment a little bit more. Um, But yeah, as long as you automate stuff and you're not actively making the decision every day, I think that's a lot easier. What are some of the biggest myths that you've found people in your community talk about or when it comes to investing that you would say... Um, The biggest one, investing is for rich people. Like investing is how you get rich. It's not for wealthy people. Um, And then investing is hard. Like sure, it's hard to learn about initially, but once you start investing, you can automate it and it's easy. I think people see investing as trading where you have to sit and actively watch what the market's doing every day, but you don't. You find an ETF that you love and you can just buy it on repeat. So uh, aside from all of our respective uh, social media and media platforms, uh, what are some of the best resources you found to start your in, oh, to start I guess and to build on your investing journey? I myself learned from like literally from your podcast and from my millennial money and from like she's on the money season one. So I guess start there. But also the Money Smart website by ASIC, like they explain things really simply and really well. And I think if you literally just Google everything you don't know, because I always have people being like, what's an ETF? And it's like, you can Google that. Like the information is there. Um, but I think, yeah, pick one podcast, listen to all their investing episodes and then start from there. Because if you try and listen to absolutely everything, there's, there's so much out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Tash, it's been a, a very enjoyable conversation and um, it's been great to sort of follow your, your journey on socials with uh, the final question that we actually ask on Equity Mates as well is always about advice. Now, given that you are only 23 and uh, have been investing for what, five years or so, if you were to give advice to yourself back when you started, would you have done anything differently? Yeah, invest more in shares instead of saving for an apartment. 
controversial, but yeah. I don't don't think that's controversial in this room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of wanted to buy property because my parents bought property and that was always in my mind. Like, oh, that's like success. You buy a house and you can show it off on Instagram and you can take a photo of it. (laughs) Like, and that was heaps of fun. Jay's expensive photo. (laughs) But how fun's the validation? No, but it was kind of like my goal. And then I bought it and I was like, actually, like this is costing me money to like fix stuff up. And I've had a few problems with it. And like, I might as well have just bought shares and gotten paid dividends and then I would have been in a much better financial position. And the apartment's fun, but money-wise, I think just investing in shares and then renting for a while would have been good. Especially now because I want to move as well and it's like, great, I've got an apartment in Perth, but yeah, we'll see. Who's going back to Perth? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, um, you know, I think we both have a sort of, you know, want to get into the property game at some stage, but that desire to rush in and have it as the first thing you've got to do as an investment or to prove that you're an adult or whatever it may be yeah i think is um, i bought it like i only bought it because covid happened and all my trips got cancelled and i suddenly had some money left over and i saw it and bought it three days later so there wasn't like a huge thought process behind it so i I should have like it worked out pretty well like it's it's a good it's an okay investment but yeah i wish i'd thought about it more and been like does this actually align to my goals or is this just me being bored and having money and being like, what do I do with all my cancelled time now? Yeah. Being bored, having money, buying an apartment. Oh. Nice. <laughs> the privilege is real. <laughs> so Tash, as I said, very enjoyable and great to meet you. Uh, love what you're doing on the uh, Tash Invests Instagram page and TikTok. For all our, all our listeners, if you've uh, enjoyed listening to, to Tash, then we would recommend going and giving her a follow. We are trying to be as good as her on TikTok, but <laughs> you're getting there. We've done like three oh, videos. It's a, it's a low base. <laughs> it's a low, very low base. Just too many things going on. But yeah, anyway, Tash, thanks for sharing, for sharing your journey. I'm sure that um, a lot of that resonated with our community and for being so transparent with your numbers and where you're at as well. Because to your point, it's all well and good to try and engage in conversation, but until you actually do start giving context and putting your numbers on the line. Um, that's where the true conversation can happen. So appreciate your work. Thanks so much for having me. Still so stoked that you know who I am. It's a big <laughs> <fangirl> moment. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Ash. This podcast proudly brought to you by Equity Mates Media. Always remember, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal or tax advice. The host of Equity Mates are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to our disclaimer page where you can find resources to search for a registered financial professional near you.